0: October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and sadly, the statistics have not improved. One in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer in her lifetime, and this is a disease that affects the woman and her whole family. I know that this is true. I lost my mom to breast cancer when I was just a teenager, and that loss changed my life forever. Hi, this is Candy O'Terry. welcome. the story behind her success. In this episode, we're shining the spotlight on a two-time breast cancer survivor who calls herself a She Cancer Warrior. Diagnosed with stage 1 breast cancer at 40, this devoted mother of two sons didn't require any treatment beyond surgery that first time around. And then nearly 10 years later, everything changed. When she was diagnosed with stage 4 metastatic breast cancer. Her story would not be complete without a shout out for the support she has received from a nonprofit devoted to supporting patients, funding care, and providing hope called the Ellie Fund. Her name is Tona Hines, and this is her story. Tona, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It is so nice to see you. I love your hat. I love your shirt. You're all so colorful as soon as you walked in the door. Tona, give us an update and tell us how you're feeling because with MBC, you're going to need to be on chemo for the rest of your life.
1: It's a journey because the chemo does a lot of things to you. My hair doesn't grow back right. I have so much pain that I go through. They call it chemo fog. So sometimes I can't remember. I'm like, okay, what did I come in here for? So it's been really hard on me to have to go to chemo every three weeks. And sometimes if it's 30 days in a month, I have to go twice. And I also have to take a chemo pill every single day. So it's been hard, but I just thank God that he has allowed me to be strong enough to endure this and to show my family and friends that I am a She Cancer Warrior.
0: I love that term. (laughs) How important has your faith been in your survival?
1: Without my faith, I don't think I would be here. So I have to give God... You know, Everyone has a different name for him, but I call him God. I call him Jesus. I have to give all the glory to him because if it wasn't for him to give me the strength, I don't think that I would be sitting here. I probably would still be alive, but I think I would probably be weak and depressed and crying all the time. But because I have my faith and my belief in God, I'm able to enjoy life.
0: And when you're in the room... Tona, you're in the room. Beautiful <laughs> presence. It's Thank one you. thing, Tona, to survive an initial breast cancer diagnosis. And to get past that critical five-year mark, and then at almost 10 years to get this kind of news, you probably felt like you dodged the bullet, and then you just got smacked right in the <laughs> face.
1: I did because my girlfriend' birthday is September the 20th, and mine's is September the 28th. And we was both about to turn 50. So I had my ticket. I was going to Atlanta. I was on my way to Atlanta. And the doctor said, no, you're not going anywhere. We have to start chemo. We have to get it. And I was like, can I wait till I come back? He said, no. I did the chemo. And that was the worst. Oh, my God. I've never felt so sick like that in my whole entire life. It was so hard for me. So one day when I went to go visit him, I said, I can't do this. I I can't. He said, you only got one more month left. And I was like, this is too hard because I was very sick. And I never experienced anything like that before. But it was a surprise to expect that diagnosis of breast cancer. And I didn't feel anything. I felt a lump in my neck. That was hard.
0: What got you through that one more month?
1: My sons. I have two sons. My oldest, his name is Derek, and he'll be 31 this month. And my youngest son's name is Devin, and he's 25. It's my sons. And I was thinking about them, and then I was thinking about maybe, you know, they're going to have kids, and I'm going to be a glam mom. So I got to spoil my grandbabies. But it was my sons that I thought about. And plus, I like living. So I wanted to live for me. And then I also wanted to live for my two
0: sons. It's interesting talking about your sons. Of course, I wrote their names down and wanted to chat about them. I'm glad you brought them up so quickly. It doesn't matter whether they're 31 and 25. They're your babies, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I've got grown children, Mm -hmm. too. And so I'm guessing that you were thinking to yourself, I can't leave them. I tell them
1: all the time, you know, I have a good relationship with them. And I say to them, I need you guys. I need you. I need you all. You know, and you guys are always going to be my baby. I'm going to be an old lady in the street. Leave my baby alone. (laughs) 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 Trying to beat up somebody over you guys. (laughs) No, I tell them that all the time. No matter how you got, how old you guys get, no matter what, you're still going to be my babies.
0: You have said, and I quote, my life is about living. And you've become a motivational speaker. What is your message, Tona, when you go out and speak to people?
1: I just tell people to live, to enjoy life. Because we don't know what's going to happen or when it's going to happen, but do not ignore your emotions and your feelings. If you need to cry, I still cry. I still get upset. I'm like, God, you know, I just had a car accident and I was so scared in a car accident. And I was like, God, this is how you gonna kill me? You, me? you got me stage four cancer, you're gonna kill me in a car accident? <laughs> no. Well, there's a little humor in that too. <laughs> so I just tell people to live, enjoy life, enjoy yourself. Don't worry about what other people say or think, but do what you feel that's right for you. Do what you want
0: to do for yourself, but live, because life is for us to live. And life is short sometimes, too. And when you hear those words, you've got breast cancer, you become very sensitive to the passage of time.
1: Absolutely. And I was in cosmetology school at that time, and I remember the cosmetology teacher saying what's going on. And I was like, I feel a lump in my neck. And she was like, I was like, oh, God, I hope it's not cancer didn't come back and she was like oh don't say that so I went through the whole process and it was very scary because I thought it might have went to my brain and it was very very scary thank god that it didn't but it's hard dealing with cancer and trying to live and go through the side effects because the side effects are serious side effects are real serious but I wear it like a trooper
0: You've even traveled to Africa and to talk about health awareness and education on HIV and AIDS. Tell us about that experience.
1: Oh, my goodness. That was such an experience that I even kissed the ground. I was like, "Oh, I'm on the motherland." It was so beautiful. It was just it was different to see how different people live. It was different to see how a lot of people do have education and don't have education. It was different to see how people was living. We went by the refugee camps and it was just like it was a beautiful feeling and it was a beautiful experience, but it was also sad and I was also I'm thinking about how back in the United States, we take stuff for granted because one village we were at and we watched about maybe six people walk up a hill to get water and come back down with water. Then one person went up and one person went down. One person went up and one person went down. And they was just like just doing what they needed to do. But we
0: take a lot of stuff for granted. Well, speaking of that, it is the best in the world. But our healthcare system in the United States also has its flaws mm-hmm. around inequities, around access to care for people of color.
1: Absolutely. And I'm just grateful that I have a team of people that work with me and I'm very open and I'm very honest. And if I feel that I need to say something, I, I always say no disrespect but i need to say what i need to say. so i have a wonderful doctor, wonderful people that do my chemo with me. we laugh and we talk. i go in i tell them stories and we just be cracking you up. You get laughing. to know each other really Absolutely. well, right? So i'm grateful that i have that. But that's not always the case for other women and other people
0: that are going through breast cancer. And then there is the Ellie Fund. In my opinion, the best local nonprofit devoted to supporting women and their families after they have heard the words, Mm -hmm. you have breast cancer. They take care of what happens next. Tell me how you became connected with the Ellie Fund.
1: A friend of mine was giving a, a workshop over at the Whittier Street Health Center, and I happened to be over there, and I was just sitting in the lobby area, and then Meredith came over to me, and she was talking. And then I talked to Nakia, and we just had a conversation. And I just felt so much love from them. I felt like, wow, I can hang out with them. I've been, I been—I felt like I knew them for a very long time. And it made me feel very comfortable, and it made me feel comfortable to share my story and talk about what I was going through and not feel like I have to feel like, okay, maybe I shouldn't say anything. Or You know, I just felt so much love, and I felt very welcome. And that was our first time meeting.
0: Well, speaking of Meredith, she has joined us in the room right now. Meredith Mendelson is the executive director of the Ellie Fund, here to tell us all about the mission.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me. And Tona, I mean, just the most beautiful woman, beautiful human who we all adore and fell in love with. And many of our patients have the same sense of joy in their lives and resiliency and hope. And the LE Fund provides a variety of services free of charge if you are in active treatment for breast cancer. But the byproduct of our services is that we reduce emotional and financial stress so that the patient can focus on what matters most, which is their recovery, their family, themselves, and we give hope. So it is a very difficult situation. We do treat men and women, but the majority of people we treat are women. Women's lives are complicated. You add a devastating diagnosis like breast cancer and a family is just topsy-turvy. You know, one of the things that I hear the most about
0: a breast cancer diagnosis is the woman is not as worried about herself as she is about the family that will be affected by this. I always feel as if that's where the Ellie Fund is so specific. And by the way, if what we're saying is ringing a bell for you and you would like to reach out for help, just go to EllieFund.org. That's EllieFund.org. There's a story about how the Ellie Fund
2: came to be. Tell us. So we were founded by two brothers, Jeff and Elliot Popkin. Their mother was Eleanor Popkin, fondly known as Ellie. Ellie. Tona has two sons. I have two sons. We, you know, are very attached to our sons. And they watched their mother in the 80s live with metastatic breast cancer. And she lived a lot longer than most people did back then. And their feeling, their perception was that the support in their community really dried up because her illness was long. And they didn't want another family to feel you know, alienated or ignored the way they felt. And so they started doing small acts, you know, in memory of their mom, whether they were bringing books to children or delivering meals. And look, it grew and grew. And 27 years later, we will serve 1,200 patients next year. Some of the services are grocery
0: gift cards and delivered meals, transportation, child care, light housekeeping, integrative therapies, and honestly, just that gap between diagnosis and dealing with a breast cancer diagnosis. Tona, let's go back to you. If mom is sick, am I right when I say the only thing she's worried about is her children?
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Talk about that just a little bit.
1: I would say, you know, if I need something... Or if I want something, I can call my sons because they have keys. So they can come in anytime they want to. If I'm not feeling a certain way, I can call my older son. I can call my younger son. And they're like, Mom, what do you want? They know I like tea. So like, OK, Mom, we're going to fix you some tea because I think tea cures everything. OK. So they're coming tea. Let me, me make a note tea. of that.
0: Tea cures everything. OK. According to Tona Hines.
1: So they'll make me some tea. And, you know, I feel... I can be who I am with them. They've seen me cry, they've seen me trying to get up and having a difficult time getting up. They had to wash me at one time because mm. I couldn't wash myself. Um, they had to go it's full humbling, shopping. Isn't it? They did full shopping since I was in the car accident. My son will come and pick me up. I just had a birthday on the twenty eighth. I turned 56. Happy birthday! Thank you. I turned fifty six. And I had a birthday party. So he helped me do everything. You know, um, he got my cake. He helped me do everything. You did
0: a good job. You got good boys. I do.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: You are a crossing guard. Yes. Rain or shine, (laughs) snow and sleep. Talk to us about the connections that you have created with these children walking by you in the morning and coming home from school in the afternoon. I wish I had a camera for the smile on your face right now. Yeah.
1: It's a lot of fun. I mean, at first, like I was telling Meredith on the way here, you know, years ago I would see crossing guards, oh, I can't do that. But now that I do it, I I do get a lot of joy out of it because I see the kids and I laugh and I talk with them. And then one day I was on my way to work and one of the little girls said to me, what are you doing over there? And I said, I live on this street. She said, oh, okay. You know, so when they walk by me, because sometimes we'll go to the school to do certain things after school. And they're like, I seen you today. You were at my school. So it was really nice. They say hi to me. Um, They say goodbye. Valentine's Day, I get little candies and flowers and stuff like that. So it's really nice to be able to have that connection in to smile and to be in a good place and a good space and to help them cross the street. It's really nice. I enjoy it. It's
0: almost like a metaphor, though, for, you know, they're starting their day and they get a smile from you or a little pat on the back. Mm -hmm. Have a good day at school. And then they come right past you at the end of their day. And maybe they're. You're the smile
1: they need to see. And I say to them, "How was your day today? What did you learn at school today?" So when I cross them, make sure you get home safely. One lady had went to the store and she left she left her grandbaby on the steps while she went in the store. So I was like, "What is she doing?" So <laughs> she came out the store. Tone it to the rescue. <laughs> yeah, and I, she came out the store and I said, "Mummy," she's like, "I said, I kept my eye on him. I kept my eye on him." I. Didn't take my eye off the little boy. And she was like, Thank you, thank you, thank you. He had to be like three years old. So I was like, Okay, so but he sat there the whole time he didn't move. Yeah, so but I kept my eye on him. So I keep my eye on the kids that come through there and just make sure they're crossing the street, right?
0: Our childhood is our foundation. Take us back to your beginning. Where are you from and what was life like for you in your house? I lived in Mission Hill. My
1: mother was a single mother. She had me, my older sister, and my brother. And I had a fun childhood. I really did. I had a fun. We all we knew everybody in, in Mission Hill. And I was one of those little kids that I was always losing my key. I used to always lose my key. So my mother got tired of it and she put it, and, and it's crazy because she put it on a pink ribbon. I had a key, one key on a pink ribbon. So everybody knew my key, so they would call my mother Emma. Tona left the key over here, so I would have to go find the key and stuff. But I had a fun childhood. I had a re- Christmas was the best.
0: Did you feel as if you belonged to the neighborhood? Because I hear a lot of that sometimes, you know? Everybody knew you, and there were other mothers. If your mom wasn't around, you could get yelled at by the mother next door. You're shaking your head. So by the time I got home, my mother knew what I did. <laughs> oh,
1: for sure. <laughs> and she always worked. My mother always worked. So by the time she got home, by the time I got home, my mother knew what I was doing.
0: Was there a golden rule in your house? What was the work ethic and the golden rule? We just always
1: had to make sure the house was clean. Um, I had to keep my room clean. Couldn't talk back. And we couldn't talk to my mother when she was on the phone.
0: Isn't (laughs) it amazing, the things we remember? (laughs) That was a (laughs) no-no. Who was your role model when you were growing up?
1: My mother and my
0: grandmother.
1: Tell me about your grandmother. My uncle. My aunt, because we were so close, we was very close. And my grandmother, she was feisty, because all the women in my family were real feisty. So she was feisty, but she always gave nice information. My mother was a hard worker. My mother always worked. My uncle showed me how to tie my sneaker. My uncle just always took us places with him. You know, so I had my mother, my grandmother. I, we was a really close family. So. I could just say all of them, to be honest with you.
0: A very wise woman named Julie Goldman was one of my very dearest friends. And she told me when she had metastatic breast cancer, we're like flowers. We're cut off at the roots, but we can still bloom. Mm -hmm. Does that resonate for you?
1: I feel like a butterfly because butterflies, you know, you're that caterpillar. And then you go to where you need to. To release yourself or the blossom, and then you blossom, and you come out
0: beautiful. And you can still fly. And you can still fly, and you're still living. If you could take a woman who has just heard the words, you have breast cancer, by the hand, and just tell her something you wish you knew when you started this journey, what would it be?
1: There's a lot that I probably would say, but I would just tell her to just go through the emotions. Go through the emotions, cry, cry. Go through all of that, but just know that you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Just believe in yourself, love yourself, and just know that we all have a journey. We all, And this is your journey because this is my journey. And we all have this notion of I'm going to live in a White House and a picket fence and all that other stuff. But we don't think about all these other little things that might come in that might be like, no, that's not going to happen. Just live life. Just live your life and just do what you feel that's right for you
0: people struggle with what to say and how to help a woman they love or a friend that they know who is living with stage four breast cancer what is your advice i don't want to talk
1: about it all the time and i don't want to hear about it all the time i just want people to talk about this living life to how to improve yourself how to be happy how to have a relationship with yourself self-care is very important That's very important. But just to be who you are and be happy with who you are and just enjoy your life to the best of your ability.
0: Last three questions we ask everybody who sits where you are, Tona. Mm -hmm. And thank you so much for sharing your story today. What's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten, and it can be personal or professional in your life, that you could pass along today?
1: I was watching Jennifer Lewis on Sherry Shepherd Show, and one of her advice was, live life to live. And I think that's a good advice to live life to live. Just live no matter no matter what, because we're all going to go through something. But you still got to live your life. You still got to go shopping. You still got to go out cocktails with your girlfriends. (laughs) You still got to eat.
0: Live life to live. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it?
1: I normally just sit and, you know, see how how is that going to benefit me is it going to harm me do i really need to do that right now or can i can i wait or is that how is that going to affect me and if it's really not going to affect me then i'll just you know i'll wait on it for a few minutes but if it's something that i need to do i'll do it but i have to like take my time and not get myself so like crazy over something that some things i don't have no control over
0: Final question. Success means different things to different people at different times in their lives. Mm -hmm. Right now, where you are in your life, what does success mean to you?
1: Success means having a peace of mind, to be calm, having self-care, loving on myself, being proud of me, accepting everything that's going on in my life and not to be ashamed of it and not to make excuses about it because it's my journey and I'm living my journey for the way that I want to live my journey. So that's how I'm living and that's my success is to be happy and to have peace.
0: Tona Hines, one of our most inspiring interviews. I want to say thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And that's the story behind her success for this week. My thanks to Tona Hines for sharing her story with us today. I'm always on the lookout for the next woman to profile. So if you know someone, would you please let me know about her? Just go to my website, candyoterry.com. That's candy with a Y, -Y O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. Give the show a follow on your favorite podcast platform. And please tell your friends and your family about the show. Leave a review if you would be so kind. I promise I'll have a new and inspiring story for you next week. When we share our stories, no matter where we are in this great big world, we provide a roadmap towards success. What's your story? I can't wait to hear it. Ellie Fund is a local nonprofit providing grants and services to breast cancer patients in active treatment, living or receiving care in Massachusetts. The mission is to help reduce financial toxicity and emotional stress by providing grocery gift cards and meal deliveries, transportation to treatment, child care reimbursement, housekeeping, integrative therapies, and so much more. ellifund.org. That's ellifund.org.